Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we talk about the movies we love, break them apart to find out what makes them magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by some pretty little underage thing I seduced on the internet, my friend and co-host, Alex Dandino. Yeah, just in case you're wondering, he's a fully grown man. No internet crimes going on here. Except for in the movie we're watching. Today we are starting our uh, pod, the Pod Takes Revenge month. Uh, and in that that theme of revenge, we have chosen and are selecting uh, to start with Hard Candy. Yes. This was an early 2000 jam. Uh, Ellen Page's big breakout. Um, she was in a phenomenal movie with Cat. Uh, oh God, what's her name? What's the the lady from Forty Year Old Virgin? Um, oh, Catherine Keener. Catherine Keener. God, I want to say Kathleen Kennedy. Catherine Keener uh, called an American Crime. It actually takes place here in my new home state, uh, the Hoosier State. If you ever want to know what life's like here for all of us, an American Crime. That's what happens in all of our basements. That was like a really good role. Yeah. Uh, this was the first time I remember seeing Ellen Page on the big screen. And uh, I described it in the intro show. This is one of the most ferocious performances I've ever witnessed. And especially from a performer that early in their career and that young, uh, it is fucking powerhouse. It's some pretty intense shit, man. This movie is not for the faint of heart. I, uh, I saw this, I think, for the first time when I was in college. I just, like, caught it. And I was just started. I was just watching it, and totally, just totally in, engrossed. And when I started dating my wife, we started talking about movies we had recently watched. And I brought up Hard Candy, and she goes, "Oh, we watched that movie." And one of my friends had like a visceral reaction to it, like she had to leave the room. And I'm like, <laughs> "Weird." Like, but then, I was like, like, does she have a safe under a rock garden or what? Yeah, I'm like, what's uh, <laughs> what's going on there? But yeah, I, I would, mean, this, I would question that, friend. This movie is just such a fascinating. Like, it's Ellen Page's big breakout. It's the director David Slade's first feature. Yeah, who is best known at that time for doing music videos, and it's interesting because to me, the movie's actually even paced like that a little bit. There's a little bit of this music video vibe to it. When they cut to some of the action sequences, there's a lot of, like, handheld jittery stuff. It, it yeah. has a lot of moments of just kind of extra stylist, stylist, uh, stylish additions that you're just like, eh. Yeah. Wow, I really struggled with that sentence in enormous. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, there's a scene when they right. first get to his house and, like, the, the trees are just shuddering. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's a weird thing to just add to an establishing shot. But there's okay, a cool. lot of, like... Yeah, there's just a lot of this. There's a lot of camera speed changes. There's a lot of color changes in the movie. Like we'll we'll get to all that, but it's all very it's done very purposely, which I think is kind of interesting because there's a lot of these again music video techniques that go on in the film that should be ultra distracting, but the two performances that are turned in in this movie are so grippingly intense and awesome that you totally forget about all this extra stylistic shit. I mean, to me, it's one of their absolute best tandem performances. I mean, God, like, there, there's a lot of really great two-hander yeah. performances, movies like this, you know? Oh, yeah. Even all the way back to something like African Queen, right? You just put two people in a weird scenario, Midnight Run. There's, there's a lot of movies like this. Mm -hmm. um, this is just so... They're so good. Patrick Wilson's always fucking great. Yeah. Um, this is one of his more diabolical characters. Normally, he kind of plays like a nice everyman. He's like yeah. everyone's kind of like nerdy, nice uncle. 
I think (laughs) Patrick Wilson is like one of the true unsung, like great, not quite leading man actors of like really the 20th century. He's been in so many movies that you're like, oh yeah, he's in this. And he's always so good. He's never like turned in a shit performance. He's just a really great, solid actor. And what's nice is he gets to do this really great two-hander with Ellen Page, who decides to just turn in the performance of a lifetime, which is even cooler. Right, and in an early David Slade, like if you watch David Slade now, uh, you know he does a lot of TV now, right? Yeah. So you see things like Hannibal and American Gods. The style becomes almost a bludgeon, yeah. right? <laughs> Where it's like just pulverizing. Big like, time. I guess that's visually cool, but like, what is happening in the story? Oh, 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 God! Close-ups. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Sex stuff. Oh, exactly. Oh. Like this is the perfect. This is such a perfect small contained story. This is like. Every indie filmmaker and screenwriter dreams of writing and making this movie. Yeah, this- it's perfectly contained in that the setup of the movie is enough to where they can go as far as they want. And it, it, feels, it feels bigger and the stakes are bigger in what is essentially just two people sitting around a house. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Wilson for almost the entire movie is strapped down and cannot even move. Yeah. Uh, I even tried to write a script like that once. It's insanely hard when one character can't move. Um, and they come up with brilliant ways around that. Oh, yeah. I mean, this movie is just one of those great, like, cat and mouse, then it turns into reverse cat and mouse game. And you are you're you hit the nail on the head, though. Like, this is the first feature every, like, every indie film director wants to make because it's a single location. It's made for under a million dollars. It stars two fantastic actors who were on the kind of on the rise at that time, but not, not still flying way under the radar. And like the, the studio bought this script, like the studio bought this script and apparently wanted to just shelve it because they were like, this is way too much. And David Slade came in and said, I will make this movie for less than a million dollars. You never have to see it. Like you literally <laughs> like he's like, I'll shoot this in 10 days and you will not know that we did it. And that's exactly what he did. And he turned in a killer movie, so to speak. Like it's a really fascinating like from the production stories to just the general execution of the film, it's such an interesting, this is how you make a first feature movie. It's really cool. It's it's great. and But this is, to me, it's it's one of those movies, it's just a fucking perfect premise. Yeah. Like, you just start with a perfect premise, right? So the open of the movie is just a chat, right? And this is something, I grew up with these, right? Like, I was a big AOL instant messenger guy. Me too, yeah. I, I don't know that, this movie will translate as well nowadays. I guess now people just think that's like texting, right? Yeah, it's, just, it's text. They're like, oh, it's just like texting. It's fine. Uh, they have some nice flip phone moments in there for just to throw off the young kids. <laughs> right, all the kids uh, like, When we were what? still in our transition phase, the dark ages of 2005, man, before all the what sweatshops are, were burning and making our iPhones. <laughs> what, are these Cro-Mag- <laughs> what are these Cro-Magnons doing with phones that flip open? <laughs> Is that the murder weapon? I'm confused. <laughs> Look at that little brick, that little bludgeon. No, so it starts off in a chat, and we see that it's Lensman thirty three one nine and Thong Girl, <laughs> pronounced like that Nelly song track, Girl. I always and loved. It is, it's it's so funny because the first fifteen or twenty minutes, my wife was just in the other room, like, "What is going on in there?" And I just kept going, "Ew, ew." <laughs> I was like, "Gross!" It's so fucking repulsive. <laughs> yeah, but it sets you up with this kind of cringy. You know, people trying to hit on each other, right? Right. 
and they do this from that. There's this kind of chat, whatever. And then we cut to Ellen Page on a close-up who just, I mean, it's it's classic kind of super young, insanely innocent looking girl just kind of taking a big fucking bite out of this, you know, decadent cake. Yeah. And it's very kind of sexual shot. And the, the whole opening here, early in the movie, and they, they keep this up a lot, but one of the things you notice is everything's shot in extreme close-up for the most part. Yeah. Even the two shots are pretty tight, but the close-up, so like Ellen Page eating that, and then Patrick Wilson comes up and kind of is like, hey, what's up, girl? Wipes the excess chocolate off her lip. Oh, ah, yeah, that was just like, It's so oh. fucking, but I was just like screaming at my TV. I'm like, this is so fucking disgusting because this is what's fucked up, and this has happened. Like now we've all seen, you know, all the episodes of To Catch a Predator. Right. At the time, I remember seeing this and being like, holy fuck, is this what people are using the internet for? <laughs> like, I was like, I knew we all like had like weird picadillos or whatever that are made worse. Like, the internet kind of extrapolates your worst self. Yeah. Um, but this was like, holy fuck. And it was brought into the real world. And this instant visual casting and kind of sexual, you know, um, almost like screwball comedy dialogue they're doing back and forth yeah. is so fucking unnerving. That they're already, in the first 10 minutes, before they even get to the house, right? That's maybe, like, what, 10 or 15 minutes max. Oh, you yeah. already have set up the whole fucking movie. Like, that could just be the movie. Yeah. And I, it's fucking vile. Yeah. The setup for this movie goes so quickly because you don't need anything else. You just need to know, okay, cool. Patrick Wilson's a huge creep, and Ellen Page is this, like, what you think at first. I mean... Obviously, like, like if you like, you have to look at this movie the way you would if you had walked into the theater not knowing anything. Because if you don't Which know, which is anything, actually how I did. Yeah. I walked in and we just we needed a movie. This is before smartphones, so we're kind of like, ah, we didn't know. We went to see something at ArcLight. It was kind of sold out, whatever. And then I just got to LA, I think, when this came out. And then Amy was like, "Well, what about this one?" The guy said it was pretty good. I'm like, "All right." And I walked in. I was just like. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> like, I love this. It starts in this very like kind of earn, like not to say that pedophilia is earnest, but it starts in this really. <laughs> it's, it's earnest and it's crime. Yeah, it's earnest in the fact that you know that Patrick Wilson's <laughs> committing a crime. Uh, so uh, it begins. So, like, then they get to the he house. Does this great like super douche, right? Yeah, he does this great super douche. But there's like so many things in the the beginning, right? Like the rip, the lip rub is bad. But he does this right in front of a guy at the counter who looks like him and Ellen Page had a hipster son. And he's like buying her a shirt and like, you got to model it for me. And this guy's just serving them. I'm like, hey, fucking barista. Like, you got nothing to say about this. He's probably going in the back and watching whatever the fuck kind of porn. He's probably got a, you know, an Alienware laptop with, you know, hardcore games and animal amputee porn or something. But I was like, come on, barista. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? But between that, so you're already setting up that this is such a mundane, like, everyday kind of crime because he's not even flinching. Right. And then there's the the beauty. Like, I love the use of the insane close-ups because mm-hmm. what it highlights early on, and this is the uh, one of the biggest themes of the movie is the faces we present and, and how and when we present them. Yeah. So she presents herself as thong girl, right? This sexual whatever. When he first meets her, she's presenting this front right i'm trying I, I read books that are above me i wish i was at gold frap i wish i was out in the middle of the night that's when all life happens right right so she's presenting this trying so hard to be mature and him trying so hard to be cool it's 
it's this really fun game, and this was kind of early on in the internet consuming every aspects of our life. Yeah. Where we all were trying to decide, and this problem is so prevalent now, we all relate to it, where we're all trying, like, I know someone on Facebook right now, we all do, that just puts shit on Facebook, and it's almost laughable. You're like, your life's not like that. Your life's not that good. Like, we see through it, right? But early on, we all did. I don't think we understood the power of that, the, the how we can be anyone. Right. And so this this constant shifting of this kind of inner darkness and the forward good that the characters are going back and forth is so well illustrated early on that it becomes a really cool narrative device throughout the flick. Yeah, uh, just the whole it's just such a it's just such a fascinating movie, like everything, like every aspect about this is so deliberate. There's nothing about the movie that is. There's nothing about the movie that's uh, accident. Like, there's no accidental premise. There's no accidental moment. Everything about the way this movie's cut, shot, and uh, acted is very, very specific. It's it's really it's awesome to see that kind of control in a first feature. And then when you get to when you start getting into what's actually happening, is when you realize that. And again, you have to look at it as you didn't know this was going to happen. When you realize what's actually happening, you realize, oh, crap. Like, this is going to get turned on its head. And, I mean, it's pretty easy to tell that from the get-go. Like, that whole thing with the drink is, like, the first indicator. You're like... Well, even early on, right? They're at the coffee shop, and, you know, he's like, oh, do you get hit on a lot when you're at college? And she's like, no, they want to hit on me. They're old enough to be my dad. I'm 14. Who does that? And she's like, oh, God, I'm sorry to him. And he's just like, I'm not phased. I didn't come here to commit a crime, and now I'm going to back out. Right. And then he, like, kisses her feet on the garage and, like, ah! But when they're in the car, right? So this is kind of a music video-style moment where there's kind of this surreal Alice in Wonderland, like, going down the rabbit hole vibe. Yeah, yeah. There's a shot where Patrick Wilson's kind of smiling. It cuts to Ellen Page, and all of a sudden, it's like her mask slips. Yeah. And it's like she kind of looks hardcore. Well, then we get to the house, and it she's ratcheting up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Where her, her energy's becoming a bit more chaotic. Right. Where it's, you know, oh, you know, oh, look at all these other girls. You're around all these other girls. Like, she's almost grilling him about, you know, oh, is it weird to be around all these girls? Do you have a girlfriend? So she's playing it as this, I I don't know how to say it. It's not like she's turning almost like a nympho or whatever. But it's it's a scared little kid trying to project that image. I, which sets I, him at ease, I think, which is yeah. kind of cool because you said it right. This is a, a hunter becomes the hunted story as well. Yeah. So the way that this this dynamic play and this is one of the movies that it's so much fun to watch this the second time mm-hmm. to go back because subsequent viewings. You see more and more the the plan being laid out. Right. The right. when she's drawing Patrick Wilson into a moment of large ego. Right. right. Trying to bring him out. And yeah, it's it's just really fucking interesting to watch her get chaotic and then, you know, the mixed drinks and whatever. And then it like just rapidly is, who's this on your wall? Oh, this is a girl I really love. Techno music, shirt off. Right. Fucking shoot me. Take a picture of me. It's, it's like it starts moving then. I like that she kind of does this. It's interesting because to me, what she does is gives Patrick Wilson's character like all of this teenage energy like that's exactly what teenagers do they're from one thing to the next and one thing to the next and then like 
it's almost like he wasn't expecting that for some reason. And then mm-hmm. it happened and he's like, oh, okay. And then combined with him, like slowly getting drugged, essentially, he right. <laughs> like starts to submit to the fact that he's going to have to like, oh, God. like it's one of those things like you feel like you might be, maybe he's like bit off more than he can choose. Like, oh God, it's like an actual teenager, not some mature, like 18. Well, she year says old. that one point later, right? Where it's like, Nothing belongs to you when you let a teenager into your home. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. It's like she's a locust, right? <laughs> but no, it's it's kind of fun because it, it feels like with that and then the, the line at the coffee shop, which obviously becomes intentional, it's almost right. like she's daring him to stop this. Right. Right? Like well, if you just don't be a criminal piece of shit like I know you are, this isn't going to go down. And he just never backs away. Um, she she gives him every opportunity, and I think that's the really yeah. interesting thing too. And that's what makes her him because you almost because there are moments in the movie where you almost feel sorry for him. Like there's almost a bit a beat. You know, it's it's strange because this is the thing, right? There's this great little line when he's talking about the models, right? And he's like, the reason that people like models is because they open up from a place of strength, not weakness, right? We don't like weak people, right? And we know that a pedophile obviously has, like, this enormous weakness that disgusts us. And we're watching him do this thing that, I mean, on some level, that might be the understatement of the century. This is weakness, right? <laughs> like, it's a weakness to have this kind of pedophilia, uh, you know, mental disorder or whatever the fuck this is. This deviant behavior. Right. So you kind of, you almost want to, like, that's the thing. There's points in the movie when you're like, man, that would suck. But I never quite feel bad for him. He's so fucking no. just beaten down and haggard by the yeah. end of the movie. Like that's the thing is it, it's it's not really it's such a it's this the brilliance of the movie. Like I, it's never you feel bad for him. Like you're almost on the brink of feeling bad for him because at one point you realize you're like maybe this guy is not a huge oh wait he is a huge creep. Like fuck that. Like no they do they do slow play the. Full, and even by the end, he never fully confesses to right. the crime that incites this, right? The Donna right. Maurer murder. Exactly. Like, but So there's a great moment, right, when he wakes up from being drugged and he's still tied up. And he's still, like, in this fucking creep mode, right? Where he still thinks he can have control over this when he's like, oh, why yeah, am I like, the one who's tied why up? Why am I the one tied up? And it's like, yeah. oh, then you're like, kill him! Right. <laughs> you, like, immediately get it. But Ellen Page just has that great, Jeff, playtime is over. Yeah. Then she starts unfurling, like, why do you think I picked today? Like, I know your neighbors aren't home. I know they're in Santa Barbara, and they're on vacation. Um, you know, and then she's like, oh, I've chatted with you a bunch as all these different girls, and if you found out they were too old, you would run away. And you only right. picked me because I'm young. And when she calls him a pedophile the first time, his face is like, oh, how dare you? Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> he, like, is actually offended. But again, it's it's the brilliance of this script. Like, like, the whole time, you're like, man, maybe she is just totally going overboard. This is kind of like there's a second at like every single turn where she does something completely fucked. You're like, oh, man, maybe it's nope. You know what? It's not. This guy clearly knew she was a young girl, and, like invited her home, tried to get her drunk. Like, you're right. He's a total creep and he probably deserves this. Like, this is there's absolutely no doubt in my mind. Like, that's the really right. Well, cool there, there's this dynamic they play a lot in the script where it's Patrick Wilson kind of trying to always take control whether it's minimizing or like you know what i was just lonely yeah um i just wanted to reach out you seemed cool you seemed older like i wasn't gonna do anything um he's always trying to mitigate right and ellen page is just so fucking razor sharp 
Yeah. They, she seems like this little super genius who's just constantly thwarting his excuse making. Right. And it's so fascinating because we all have that mechanism where we all justify often falsely why we do bad things or the wrong thing or when we fucked up it's always easier to be like well i fucked up but this is why this person helped contribute right and just watching her smack these fucking things down constantly it it just adds to the abuse of this man (laughs) and yeah there's this thing where at a point where you're like is he being is this an offender who's about to to mess up for the first time and he still technically hasn't done anything criminal right like he's clearly doing something inappropriate but not criminal yet Is, is he wrongly accused and so then you like are a little bit like oh okay okay and then really rapidly it kind of gets to the gist right where ellen page is like uh i know what the fuck you did like i'm here for a reason there's this great moment where she's like is it the camera and the computer is that what it is it lets you hide and she talks about how his voice changed when he had his camera right yeah because he had the wall between the two of them he was able to he fucking slipped up and she saw the real him for a minute and it's it's this cool idea where she's looking for something, right? She knows, you know, why if you did because he's like, I'm a naturalist. I did conservation shots. I'm a good guy. Right. She's like, yeah. funny, I don't see Smokey the Bear on your wall. Only these fucking teenage <laughs> yeah. jerk shots. What a, gr- what a great, that was a great line too. I love that whole bit. <laughs> she just totally gets him. Like, that's what keeps happening is he keeps trying to have these little beats of like remorse and she just won't let him have it. It's really like, that's like the best part of the movie is she will not relent ever like that's what's so great her her general like drive for revenge is what's so wonderful about about the <laughs> characters she literally will not be deterred even like even when uh sandra o oh, the neighbor uh sandra o oh plays shows up and she like tries yeah. to talk like like you can clearly see why she's, do that cameo at all that's the weirdest detour in the movie <laughs> it's kind of strange like I, I was trying to I, I was trying to figure it out like I was trying to write it out on my uh, on my notes I'm like why are we doing Sandra here like is there is this like because obviously he's not going to get out of it it's not this like is it maybe her like maybe it's her last chance like maybe that's what it is it's her last chance to say like I am doing something that may but again no it's, it's not it at all that's not what it is I have well, no it's idea like you see her kind of slip up for a minute so you. You get the sense maybe it's just to add the pressure of now she's on a clock, you know, just keep ratcheting it up. Right. Kind of to me, honestly, I was like, I want to see the sequel where she goes and tortures Sandra O oh to death. Like any neighbor that nosy, like yeah. get the fuck out of here. You obviously have done some crimes. Like, also, a lot of tie Sandra O oh up and let's see what's going on at her. A lot <laughs> of questions on set from Sandra O's oh character. I was like, what, yeah. what's the deal with you, nosy? Get out of here. I was like, hey, how about you go put your fucking eyes on your own roses and fucking quit berating me, you bitch. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. As a homeowner now, that's like my nightmare. And also you're like, wait, how long have you been sitting on those Girl Scout cookies? You only brought it over now so you can eavesdrop, you fucking asshole. Worst neighbor ever. That's the sequel I want. There's um Hard to Swallow. Sandra O's behavior. That's the sequel. Hard to swallow. There's a th- <laughs> there's a thing that happens in this movie a lot that I, I think is really cool. And again, this is one of those stylistic choices and something that David Slade does is um, he speeds the film up a lot of the time when Ellen Page is starting to get upset. Like, I think this is something that's really interesting in the movie is if you notice when Ellen Page like really starts to engage, 
mm-hmm. um, and really get upset with like either his response or something. And even with the Sandra O oh stuff, the film speed turns up a little bit. So everything seems a little more jittery. The other thing that happens is um, the uh, white balance and the camera changes to the point where everything starts getting like almost blue. Like, it's like the camera hasn't been white balanced. It's really fascinating, like David Slade using color as this sort of visual metaphor to keep you in- engaged in the movie. And I don't know if that's because I don't know if that's because of a David Slade thing, like wanting to add his own visual stamp, which clearly that's one of his like big kind of uh, big kind of things while he's directing, especially for TV now. But I really do think there's a reason for it, um, and I think he tried to make almost it's interesting because there's almost this third character of the movie in a way where it's the camera playing with the, with the actors. It's really interesting. Yeah. Like, well, what's weird is to me the the third, cause I, I, I felt that way too. Right. And this is something I think Slade did beautifully is this is a very stagnant. I mean, that's what they say, right? Film is action, motion, yeah. conflict. This movie is pretty much just two stationary characters debating yeah right it's much more of a stage play oh yeah it, um, i wrote that on my notes of, i'm like this is the small little indies kind of yeah. do i wrote this but what he insane is, play yeah, yeah and the, the violence and activity of the camera it makes us the voyeur the way that she's a voyeur and he's a voyeur we are sitting there as an active voyeur uh moral judge right right watching this morality tale unfold and it brings you right in and i think the little visual color changes and the speed changes, just things that catch your eye and become the interesting element on screen when sometimes we're just doing talking, which to me, I was like, man, I just love this script so much and I love the acting. That's fine. Yeah. But those extra visuals that a director can add without distracting is another way to keep you glued and pull you more into the screen. Yes. Because to me, the best movies always make you feel like you're sitting in that fucking room. Right. And this one does that, and I I think really well. It does, and that's the interesting thing too is it does that without drawing attention to itself in that way. Like these little technical things happen, and you kind of notice them, but you're only noticing them for a brief moment because you're so drawn in by these performances and by the story itself. Particularly when we get to, <laughs> she knocks him out a second time, and he wakes up on the table, which might okay. Before we get to the longest scene of all time, might be the most excruciating. I, I, I would be remiss if I missed, right? Because she's still playing with him, kind of teasing him, ratcheting up. Yeah. Um. You know, but then there's the scene when she finally opens the safe. Yeah. And they do a shot that I just fucking love, right? Because he's in the other room and he hears the rocks move. Yeah. And there's a close up on his eye, and it almost looks like his eyes. He's like he like twitches a little. Yeah. He knows. And then later, they kind of match this moment to when the safe opens. They cut to Ellen Page, like an extreme close-up of one eye as it starts to water. And a cry, right? And this is when she has that, Jeff, this is what they have those federal laws for. Yeah. And this is disgusting. And they cut back. And Patrick Wilson's face at this fucking disgust of being unmasked is so fucking brilliant. Like, if you're watching the movie... Focus in on that moment from the time he hears the rock shift until the very next, like when he kicks her, right? We kind of break that just unbelievable fucking acting with action. Yeah. Right? He kind of kicks her and there's a fight. And then, yes, as you said, we wake up and now he's strapped to a table with a bag of ice on his nuts. I have to say that there's something I heard a while back, right? Is most 
audience member. I think this is in what's it, Robert Robert McKee's story, right? I think is the book. I can't remember exactly. Right. And it it talks about the theory that most audiences don't remember motives and all these kind of bigger craft things that like we all worry about if you're a screenwriter or director or whatever. Right. They remember the big fucking scenes. And to me, this movie, it's kind of very much They Live, where it stops in the middle and does this, like, unbelievable short film. Yeah. If this movie only existed as the castration scene, it would be just as powerful and effective as the movie is as a whole. Oh, yeah. While not destroying the movie as a whole, which is a really interesting balancing act. For sure. But to me, I was like, this is an all-time movie sequence. That scene in and of itself is a short film. Like, you could do this entire movie. You could, like, this is, like, that's the proof of concept right there. Like, if you showed that to a studio, they'd say, hey, we're never making this movie, but wow, what a fucking proof of concept you got there. Like, that's yeah. that's what it is. It's like, uh, you have him kicking a girl, and she saran wraps his face. That's kind of cool. Wait, she does what? Yeah. What now? It, Wait, that like, scene's going to be 25 minutes long? Oh, my God. It's insane, because <laughs> and the, all the entire scene is shot in close-ups, too. This is the thing I love the most about the whole thing, is... They never like she's never shown doing anything. Everything shot in close ups. But Patrick Wilson's face when she oh starts, my God. his acting is so fucking good because this is the thing. He goes from the full range, right? It's yeah. the Please don't. Please don't. We'll be cool. Don't do this. You'll be hot. She has that great line like, oh, you don't want me to castrate you for my own good. <laughs> oh, cool. He's like, it will haunt you, right? Like, and then he's like. I'll, I'll confess everything to the cops. You know, he goes through every excuse yeah. and get out. And she has this great line, which I was like, fucking burn. Where she, he's like, you know, I'll move. Or what's it going to do if, like, I confess? She's, he's like, it'll ruin my life and, you know, my livelihood. And she's like, didn't Polanski just win an Oscar? <laughs> I was like, boom, roasted. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny, man. <laughs> oh, but it's good. She even has this great line about the castration because we're just talking about it. And it's this never-ending build-up to the act. Yeah. To where you almost are like, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it, right? And she's just like, I just think everyone will be safer if we do a little preventative maintenance. Yes. <laughs> she's like walking you through, talking about how all these boys do it on the, the cattle and this and that. Like, it's so fucking long. Yeah. And you just, this is the moment where you are... As a man audience member, I don't know if women have this experience at all, but I was just like, come on, man. Come on. I know he committed some crimes, but come on, man. Come yeah. On, man. Right? There's like this. <laughs> you remind down... me of that moment in Sopranos, right? Where they're like, he's unreasonable. What do I do? And, and then he calls Hesh, and Hesh is like, take away the one thing no man can live without. Oh, and it's God. Like, yeah. He's like, you know, Tony's going to like use the bolt cutters on that uh, Jewish guy's nuts. Yeah. And there's just I... like this fucking moment where like, even as bad as this guy is, you're like, well, oh, this is horrible to watch. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is like, it's the most visceral thing, especially like the range of emotions he goes through while it's happening. Like, she's, they, they choose this amazing close up of his face and his eyes are wide. He's sweating bullets. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. like, he's like having an actual, I was like, that's one of those things where, like, that's like that uh, moment in shock where you just pass out. Like it's like those people who um, get like uh, what what are, the, what are those like uh, on, at state fairs those machines that like fire you like a hundred or two hundred feet in the air like those people, <laughs> those like slingshot balls yeah those slingshots where people just what an like, apt what an apt analogy <laughs> right and people are, people are literally like ah, ah, oh 
and just like pass out and you just see him like flopping around that's what i expected in the scene but oh my god he just stays locked in not passing out and you know he wants you know to what's so, so bad about this movie right here's an interesting you're doing an anatomy of a scene no pun intended they stop this scene to cut to her walking up to the roof and sandra O oh is snipping a rose right <laughs> cutting a dick symbol yes we come back and patrick wilson's like been lurching for a phone we lose no tension no they go away from the scene to show us a funny little visual gag of a rose tip being cut off, and we lose no fucking tension. Nothing. We're immediately ratcheted all the way back up. Uh, <laughs> also, when she... But this is the thing. He goes through all the emotions, and then he goes, why don't you just kill me? He'd rather be dead yeah. than not have his balls. When she... And then he's like, you know how I'll reach her? I'll do my pedophile origin story. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> he tells, and this is just such like, this is like just good actor, right? Give yeah. him good material and let him fucking monologue their way to greatness. And he's like, she was just a girl and I was just a boy. And she would jump on me out of the bath and yell, prune attack, prune attack. And then it's just like this great imagery of like, my aunt saw me. And she dangled my dingley <laughs> over the, the, the hot stove coil and I could hear my tears sizzling on the coil. Oh, God. And it's just like. He's giving us a pedo origin story. Like, this is Spider-Man. With great power comes a great responsibility. But worse, way, way more tragic. <laughs> yeah, it's, the pedo origin story. I was like, that is a ballsy move. That and then... No, oh, again, no pun intended. See, I'm just fucking nailing it. The <laughs> sound effects when she's finally doing it. Not only that, but like her just like almost plucky nature of like clipping this guy's balls off or like the part where she's like okay hard parts over i'm like oh my god she hasn't even finished like this is she's horrifying like, she's jostling him and here's like the really thing she fucking puts a camera on yeah so he can watch it in the background there's video of his balls getting chopped off and it's one of those you're like holy shit but this is the thing to me this scene is it's obviously a shocking scene yeah but to me, it's done so fucking well and with such care. Like, it never devolves into, like, a kind of hostile or human centipede territory no, like torture no, 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 porn. No, no. This is just really fucking good filmmaking to not take this scene and devolve it into simply gross-out uh, torture porn, right. right? Like, it still maintains the same narrative direction. Yeah. And it feels important. It's, it's fucking crazy. You know what's really cool? One of my favorite moments in this scene... Is at the end when his balls are all chopped off, whatever, and uh, he talks about – he goes back to the pedo origin story. <laughs> and he's like, I saw that girl at uh, my aunt's funeral. And, he, you know, it's like – I don't even remember how he says it, right? Like something <laughs> like that. Like I told her what she did, and she didn't believe me. And Ella Page says, if she were here right now, what would you say? And Patrick Wilson says, help, a teenager just cut my balls. <laughs> <laughs> and then he laughs. Yeah. He laughs. This but, is a man laying there thinking his balls have just been taken. He could be exposed for his whole criminal enterprise here. And he has this moment of so fucking loss. Yeah. Like, and this is the thing, like, I love when actors make interesting choices, right? It's what separates the best actors. That choice by Patrick Wilson is fascinating. I think it's just one of those, it's like, I think you hit the nail on the head again. Like, you just... It's all he has left is this, like, he's just, he's got to laugh now. Like, that's, he's been through every other system of emotion. The only <laughs> thing he has left is, like, this laugh from the sheer shock of the knowledge that his balls are gone. Well, it's just, like, this weird, 
you know, there's this horrible criminal suffering this immediate karmic punishment. Right. And he's just like, man, if you would have told me at 8 a.m., this is how my day was going to go. Sheesh. <laughs> no way. No, thank you. <laughs> Good night, nurse. Yeah. Or maybe it's even just this moment of, like, white privilege where he's just like, I'll get out of this. I'm going to get those balls back. But then he won't. Because this is another one. We take the balls in the shot glass. And, oh, the sound of her putting the balls down the garbage disposal. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, the, so- oh, the sound It's just this beautiful just... little acting decision just back into, like, the raw horror of imagining your balls dipped in a garbage disposal. The sound effects are That's just so That's what I mean. So it's a gross. rare thing that makes you feel bad for this guy, and I never do. No. But this one scene was just one of those, like, there's just a nature to it where you're like, this is fucking tough. Yeah. This is tough to watch, it's and I'm good. sad. This is sad. Like, you feel like you're a bit on the table, even with no criminal background. You're just like, this is scary. This is really scary. Like, what if someone tied me up and did this to me? (laughs) So she decides to get up and take a shower, and he, like, yanks himself loose and finds out that she totally fucked with him, and he still has his balls. Which, which, like, that moment of relief, too, is he's like... And that the ball thing was a VHS tape. Yeah. You know what's funny, though? This moment is a great Patrick Wilson moment because we talked about that they've kind of been playing this. We know he's doing things inappropriate, but we've never actually seen the hard crime. Yeah. Right? We've seen pictures. We think they're internet kitty porn pictures, which is a crime, but there's this kind of indirectness to that crime. You're, it's like you're partaking in someone else's crime they committed. Right. It's bad, but it's not as bad as being the guy who did that in a way. Right. I guess legally you would argue that by being the audience, you're encouraging these people to do that, whatever it is, right? Right. But just on a simple narrative level, he's not the same as if we had seen a kid tied up in his room, right? Right. So you're still kind of like, all right, maybe this is so overboard for who he is. And he's still not confessing to this Donna Maurer thing, even though he had the picture of her. Right. It's not like the other pictures, right? Right. She's fully clothed. She's in front of a coffee shop. So we get this first moment. This is the probably the second moment of true Patrick Wilson, right? When he's kind of like, sit with the camera, you know, like the camera and his real voice comes out. Yeah. There's this moment when he picks up the phone as if I should just call the cops or get some help. He fucking shuts the phone and grabs a knife, I think it is. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah, he grabs a knife. And you're like, because there's earlier he grabs a gun. He goes in his room for a gun. That seems like a defensive motion. Yeah. This is the first time where you're like, oh, this is over. He can end this right now. Yeah. And he shuts it. And there's this, oh, I'll handle this shit myself. Mm-hmm. Now we know exactly who this right. guy is. It's a brilliant, very fucking brief, looks at the phone, close up of him shutting it, heads to that bathroom. We know exactly who the fuck this yeah. guy is now. And they change the shot a little bit. You see his face the way it is now, and it's all he's a completely different person. He's the person that we now know is like, this is the predator that we had to deal with. It's and again, like the movie is just it just is such a good job of it is such a good job of not being this like standard it's such a deviation from what you would expect. Like you can do one of these like really basic reverse cat and mouse stories, but what's so great about hard candy is that the deviations between the like give and take are so extreme and so intense that eventually where you land, especially towards the end where you land is just, you kind of don't, again, you're just left in this place. You're like, I feel so almost, kind of bad for 
Patrick Wilson. But then you again, feel a bit of moral ambivalence, ambivalence, right? right. Like, and eh. I think that's what's so troubling about the movie. Is a better word. That's so. what's so troubling about the movie, though, is like the ambivalence. See, I never got you there with you, man. You you feel you feel the physical pain of all the shit right. this guy's going through, and there is this sense of having our selves exposed, right? Like the bullshit called on us, right? But then most of us, I think, go back to like, well, I don't have a fucking safe right full right. of like that kind of stuff i'm not but a there's pedophile this base level of just being drawn into the light and called it you know being confronted by hard truths it is fucking scary for every audience oh yeah um there's gosh i don't know i mean to me it's funny like did you ever see that movie don't breathe yeah where the convicts break in on the blind guy and it turns out he's like a rambo and right yeah he has a chick in the basement. He's filling with a turkey baster. Like, just go watch it. Yeah. That movie is the the uninteresting, schlocky version of Hard Candy right. to me, right? Where once they're in the house, you have that interesting turn where you're like, oh, we're the hunted. We're not. We're the victims, not him. Right. But then it kind of is very standard from there, and it plays on gimmick, and it goes to this really gross, like, basement turkey baster moment just to shock you. Yeah. Like, there's a lot. Um, it, but that's what I mean. It's like, that's so standard. Hard Candy plays it. So much more interesting where we start to, you know, there's there's this moment where we stop, where we think Ellen Page maybe is so over the line and troubled herself that you start to worry. There's this fucking moment that is just fucking awesome, right? So she stun guns him again. She puts him in a noose. Right. Uh, she comes back in and is essentially, if you kill yourself now, I'll destroy all the evidence. They'll just think you're a sad man who died. Right. Not this fucking pedophile that you are. And he's still like, I didn't kill that girl. I didn't kill Donna Mao or whatever. Uh, he fucking leg locks her, right? Like Anaconda. Paul yeah. Cerrone Anaconda is her. She gets <laughs> out. She runs away. He gets out and he has this knife and he's like, you didn't fucking leave. Like you put too much time in. You'll never fucking leave me. And he stumbles to the wall, and there's a, one of his big modeling pictures, right? Mm-hmm. And he oh. just fucking loses it. And he's like, you're just like all of them. You want to fuck with a man's head? Bah. And he fucking just goes nuts and starts stabbing this picture. And if you look, the picture is stabbed all up and down the girl, right? It's a big image, but yeah. all the knife wounds are like in the girl. Mm-hmm. And he just says, thank you, thank you. This is who I am, right? Yep. And it's this awesome little fucking visual, right? He still never confesses, even by the end of the movie. But watching him, this is who I am, and fucking stab that picture of a girl. Yeah. It's a really fascinating way to get a lot of run out of that, right? We learn a ton about him, and we we think now that he is that kind of guy. And obviously, he wants to kill Ellen Page in this movie more than once. Right. Um, and it's just, it's, it's one of those great fucking small budget it's it's just visual storytelling, a really yeah. good example of how to get so much out of just an image. Yeah. He could have been stabbing anything or flailing or punching or throwing things, but that fucking action, I was just like, man, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. What a good moment. I it's fucking a, love that. It's just a great, it's the visual metaphor and it's the great beat of this is the real version of him. Like this is the person, like, this is the same guy who pulled the knife from the kitchen already. Like we're finally getting to see this guy. And this is where he goes where he, like you realize that he's just sort of him just, and all he's not even screaming at her at that point too, which is great. I love that how he's just like 
he like basically just says, you're all the same. Like he just like is stabbing that painting non or that photo nonstop. All women everywhere. Like that's the thing, and that's where like you stop. Right. You're like, this is the guy. This is the guy who deserves to die. Is this person who well, no, treats it's, women it's like the, yeah? He's lashing out at the women that you know he thinks have wronged him or the ideal woman he can't find. Like it's just. There's so much to gain for like sometimes an image can just give you so much more. There's nothing that there's nothing more they can achieve in that kind of a moment than what they do, right? They show us the pieces, right? We see right. his kind of words mixed with that image and what the picture is and where he stabbed and we do all the work. Yeah. That's what the best movies do. Those little image moments where we're doing the work now. We're imagining, "Man, who the fuck's he talking about? Who is he killing?" What Exactly, did yeah. Did he kill that Donna girl? And then it kind of plays out where Ellen Page has been cleaning the house and whatever that his girlfriend that he was in love with and it didn't go right. Maybe that's who he was stabbing. Like it's it's this crazy thing. But they're up on the roof. Right. And this is the part that I'm I was a little confused about because the action choreography is a little weird about when he charges her and they both fall down and he, she points the gun. I don't fully understand why a guy like this with nothing left to lose wouldn't just kill her and then shoot himself, right? Like, the just taking the noose, but it's kind of this cool acknowledgement because he, he yells this thing, who are you, right? She she acknowledges that, you know, he doesn't know who the fuck she is. And right. She could have lied about everything. You know, the face we present is not who we are, as he knows better than anyone. Right. And she has this, you know, who are you? I'm every little girl uh, you you wanted, you watched, you touched, you hurt, you screwed, you killed. Um, yeah, again, she's becoming an every woman just like that picture that he was stabbing. Right. And uh, when his girlfriend pulls in the driveway, there's this moment of just pure crushing defeat, I think. Because yeah. to me, you're like, this guy would probably just kill her on the roof and try to make up a story. But there's kind sure. of something beautiful in his... His just crushing defeat. Like he just yeah. realized at a point he's like, God damn it, she's bested me so many times today. Like, right. Oh shit. Um, I don't know. It's a it's a weird thing to see the killer just take the noose like that. Like, even as bad as he is and all the things, he at that moment has been brought to a point. And Ellen Page, we learned she's already done this to his partner. Right. right. That to me was the nail in the coffin. Like that whole beat right there where he said it wasn't me. Like he, he gives this like half, half-hearted confession. He's like, "It wasn't me. It was the other guy. I just, I filmed it and I, I didn't tell him to stop." Pictures. Yeah, right. I just wanted to take pictures. And she goes, "Funny, it's he said the exact same thing about you." I think that's why he does the jump because Before he's like, "Before he killed himself, yeah, I got nothing so else." She already got someone. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's exactly. It's just, it's this fucked up thing, right? That this guy is such a fucking deviant and piece of shit. And now we know all the way how bad he is. Right. But there's still a part of him that wants to preserve his mask. Yeah. It's it's such a again it and I think that's the cool thing. Movies don't always operate based on how we think we would behave, right? Yeah. I'm assuming most real criminals on that roof try to murder her and clean it up later, fix it later. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, my neighbors are on vacation. Cool. I'll just fucking bury you in my yard. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, you know, I'll go buy more cookies from Sandra O oh and be like, "Oh, that throwing up was real gross." <laughs> right. You know, old fucking nosy neighbor. Uh, that's probably what would happen, right? But this this is a dramatic moment of of importance. Right. And I think what it is is that they, they spare the logical to help with the thematic. 
Yes. And to me, this is the biggest thing I took away from this movie is the way we present ourselves in the world. And Ellen Page had this great line where she said, just because a girl pretends to be a woman doesn't mean she's uh, able to do what women do or should be doing what women can do. Something along those lines. And to me, that's the whole movie, right? Is, you know, Patrick Wilson can present however he wants, but he's using that charm and charisma and money and success he's had as, as a predatory tool. Right. And Ellen Page is net. We still don't know who the fuck she is by the end. She puts on this, you know, red riding hood thing and runs off having slayed the big bad wolf. Right. But she's just an archetype to us. We have no idea who she is as a human being, you know, other yeah. than that. Yeah. She slayed this monster. Um, but yeah, and that's what I mean. I never sympathize with him, but I think there's a cold hard truth of we all are putting something out and hoping those around us don't call bullshit. <laughs> right? Oh, that's and what it especially is. in the internet, right? You're always out there like trying to be this idealized, better, smarter. Like how many people have written a tweet and then deleted it to try to make it more snarky? It's oh, not yeah. just your first thought, right? You're trying to be super right. clever and better and viral even. You know, when you see people that you don't like, you're like, hey, how's it going? It's like, right. you don't care how it's going. But these are kind of micro infractions. This is the biggest, worst version of that. Right. This is the this is the worst possible version of who I really want to be versus who I really am. And that's, I mean. Right. Heart- but this is what I mean. That moment nails in this this kind of shocking theme that I think a lot of us can relate to more than we want, which is. How far would we go to not let people see us unmasked? Right. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's besides revenge. Then that's really what makes a great revenge movie also is it's not just about the mission or getting revenge. It's the point of, it's the point of, it's going to sound weird. It's the point of annihilation. Like the person who's out seeking revenge has already like that person's done. They have, they have decided their mission long ago. It's the person who is getting revenge sought upon them. There, that therein lies like what makes a great revenge movie. I think because if you have someone again, you have a fucking pedophile in a movie who we all sat there and watch get supposedly castrated, and even for a split second thinking this is a little bit too much. That. <laughs> That split moment is just enough for you to sit there and go, man, I should not be thinking this about a guy who fucking is a predator for children. Like, I shouldn't even come close to be sympathizing with someone, even if they're in a situation like that. Like, that's what makes a great revenge movie is the ultimate annihilation of that person can't just be, oh, they're dead and they're gone. It has to be something much more than that and much more important. It's what makes any of the movies that we've listed here and any of the movies that you guys would think uh, make great revenge stories worthwhile. Yeah, and what I would say this one does exceptionally well is it makes – there's so much gray area, right? The fact that we are all monsters in our own way. Ellen Page, in seeking her revenge, has become a monster. Right. And you, I mean, she even talks about, like, what's the worst I'm going to get? Community service, like, whatever. You can say what you want, but what she does to that man is illegal. It's a crime. Yeah. Now, we often are, I mean, this is the old, is an eye for an eye justice, or does it leave the world blind? Right. Um, 
you know, people can debate that, but she is becoming monstrous version of herself. By the end of this movie, she's pushed two people to death. Right. And she can say that she didn't kill them, but, I mean, she definitely had a hand in doing she that. She did. Like, we've seen people go to jail now for bullying people into killing themselves. Absolutely. Um, But, yeah, this, this everyday monster. Like, Patrick Wilson wasn't all the way a bad man to some. Right. Right? He bought Girl Scout cookies, and that seems extra creepy now. <laughs> or is he just being a good neighbor, you know? Right. Like, oh, help out so you can get some, you know, some uh, merit badges or whatever the fuck. Um, you know, he seems like he leads this life where he can be so fucking monstrous but exist amongst us. When they're at that coffee shop, the barista doesn't immediately turn and, you know, is reviled by these behaviors. He's just giving them shirts and coffees. Right. It's this this mundane face of evil. That is so fascinating, and they both walk this line between monster and good. I don't know if Patrick Wilson's ever good. His is obviously all kind of a cover up, you know, as far as his goodness. But people buy it, and <laughs> right. that makes it fucking scary. Yeah, right. Like something like Jason Voorhees is much less scary than a Patrick Wilson in this movie. You know, there are Jeffs that walk among us, and that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, this. I mean, to me, this movie is just fucking slick. Yeah. Like, that's a great word for it. It's just fucking slick, slick. film. Yeah, I agree. It's, I mean, it's, it's intense, just it's slick. It's smart. It's quick. Um, it's ninety minutes, man. This movie does not waste time, which I think is probably the biggest problem sometimes with movies. Yeah, and about like a revenge. third of that is a castration scene. <laughs> it's fucking insane. Which is oddly the only not- motherfucker wasting time in this movie is goddamn Sandra O. Oh. <laughs> in fucking hard to swallow, the nosy neighbor. <laughs> Ugh, that that might have been the cringiest moment to me in the whole movie. What, Sandra? <laughs> yeah. Just like, why are you talking to me? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Stop asking me questions, neighbor. Oh man. Get out of here. <laughs> I uh I'm so glad I got I'm so glad I rewatched this movie. I forgot just how just taut it is. It's so great. Yeah. I remembered how good it was, but it even was so much better again. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't seen this movie in at least 10 years. And I, I just forgot how, to me, it's just one of those movies that doesn't miss. Like, it's, you don't have a lot of room for air in this kind of flick. Right. And they just don't fucking miss. The actors are fucking amazing, yeah. man. It's just on, uh, man, the whole Ellen time. Page, this is an all-timer to me. Mm-hmm. Patrick Wilson's great, too. But, man, for Ellen Page to turn in that performance... Is crazy to me. It's still a performance of her life. I would take this over Juno any day. I think I would too, man. She really just brings it home. She's heart and she's the heartbeat of the whole thing. It's great. Yeah, I I fucking adore her. I always have, man. She's just fucking great, and oh, yeah. uh, it's just fun, man. It's three really talented people early on, and and the the product is good. And it's it's an often overlooked movie. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, you guys liked it as much as us. Join a friend and watch some castration together, guys. <laughs> Share the pod with your buddies. Uh, please take a second to rate and review. That seems nonsensical, but it helps us out enormously. Wherever really the fuck does. you can rate or review the show, it helps us. Subscribe. Share on your social media channels. Uh, most of all, guys, we are still taking submissions for the fan pick revenge movie. Uh, so if there's a movie about revenge that you would like to hear us talk about, Hit us up online, and we'll still try to get to that. Uh, Do man, it. this movie was so fucking crazy. I'm exhausted even retalking about it. It's like a workout. It, it's it like is. a workout. It's you feel like you're in this intense situation. I got to the, the end of the movie and was honestly sweaty. 
It yeah. was this it is was what intense. this is what for the those of you who aren't big fats. This is how we think. <laughs> Watching that movie, I got sweaty. <laughs> Oh, it was exhausting to talk about that movie. It was so scary. <laughs> yeah, see, if, if Patrick Wilson were one of us, who knows? Maybe we've watched enough movies and eaten enough. We couldn't even see our dicks. He wouldn't even have to hide it behind the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Joke's on you. You played yourself, as DJ Khaled would say. All right, now we're rambling. Oh, Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffin. I'm Alex Dandino. Peace, bitches.